What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we are back with a Senior Bowl preview 2021 version here, man. All the best players in the country are down in our hometown, Mobile, Alabama. We're covering it virtually this year due to COVID, so look for a bunch of stuff coming out this week on that. But we're going to break down everything about this game. We're going to talk about how important it is due to the NFL Combine not happening this year. We're going to give y'all players with most to gain, the most to lose. We're going to tell y'all some sleepers to watch on Saturday. And of course, the most important thing, we're giving you our MVP predictions for the Reese's Senior Bowl this weekend. So we have a full show today, guys. Let's go ahead and kick it off. Starting out, Brandon, we got to cover the storyline before we get into the players. This is the first year since I don't even know when, Brandon, that we're not going to have an NFL combine this year. A lot of players that, you know, I think that's why you might be seeing like a Devontae Smith opt into the Senior Bowl and some of the other big name players. But how big of a loss is this for players who decided not to go to the Senior Bowl thinking that there would be some sort of combine? that being canceled and how important is it for players that opted out of the season like Thomas Graham from Oregon who's down in Mobile this week to really make an impact or even players from schools we don't recognize I mean we've seen we saw Joe Flacco show out and get a chance at the Ravens because of what he did down in Mobile so like help our listeners understand how big is the senior bowl become due to the combine being canceled I mean obviously Zach I'm a big proponent of the Senior Bowl. I think it helps people out tremendously. Uh, it can hurt you, but it usually helps you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's extra important this year, especially since there's no combine. I mean, this is the last time that NFL teams are going to get a really good look at these players, at these collegiate players, um, before they go to the league. I mean, this is the last time. They don't get a – and I take it back. They do get to measure things like like – you know, like, I guess like the measurables, you get to see like the wingspan of these players. You get to see their height, their weight, like their true height and weight from the senior bowl. Uh, people don't realize that people think that that's just the combine, but no, I mean, you can get things like, like you can get, I think they take 40 times even, and they don't do like 225 reps or whatever, whatever else, like ridiculous things that you don't really need for football in the, in the combine that they do at the senior bowl. But um, they do a lot of the same things that you would do at the combine here. Uh, not only that, but I mean, you actually get to see these players play against each other, but like on such a different level. And the Senior Bowl is such a cool game because of this too. You get to see players that would never play each other, especially in this season when most most conferences were only playing in conference. Uh, you get to see players play against the best of the best across the country this year. Uh, I mean, in what other year is the Heisman Trophy winner opting into this game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Devontae Smith is playing because they're – uh, because there's no combine. I mean, that's the only reason. Yeah, I mean, so I got a question for you, Brandon. This is, you know, I feel like we should have like a trivia segment on on our episodes for now. Just like one trivia question a day. Like our like we can get it sponsored by somebody. So if you want to sponsor our Blue Bloods trivia question of the day, it'd be like the Aflac question of each game. Um, 
Who was the last Hosman Trophy winner to win the MVP for the Senior Bowl? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Pat Sullivan. Yeah, that's been a while. <laughs> 1971, man. All the way back in the day from Auburn. The only reason I knew that is because I'm an Auburn fan. There's been like, I think, eight Hosman Trophy winners to play in the game total. Uh, but yeah, th- this this is huge, man. I mean, like you said, to get the measurables on some of these guys is huge. I mean, we we've we have all seen where some players get like two inches taken off when they come here or the weights off or all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, Kadarius Tony was a whole like inch and a half shorter than what they were listed. Um, and, but then you have players, I don't know, Brandy saw the storyline. Um, Jim Nagy, the, the senior, the head of the senior bowl, he declares a winner every year for the height and weight measurable, like part of the senior bowl. And the winner this year was Janarius Robinson from Florida state. Came in at 6'5", 266, had the, big, had the longest wingspan at 35 and 3-inch arms, 87-inch wingspan, and 11-inch hands. Yeah, Just a monster for the what, linebacker what a, spot. <laughs> what a wild move for Jim Nagy to go like, give an award out for the measurements. Yeah, he, he calls it he calls it the weigh-in trophy. It's it's legendary. That's that might be my new favorite thing of all time, is that we have a weigh-in trophy down at the senior bowl. But then you saw, I mean, Brandon, I mean we I was gonna get into it a little bit later, but it's a perfect time to bring it up here. Devontae Smith declined to be weighed and or measured at the at the senior bowl this year. Let me ask you this, Zach. What did he have to gain from getting weighed and measured at the senior bowl? He had everything to lose because I don't even know if the scale would have registered his small self. Right. I mean, the, he did get a hand measurement, nine and three-eighths inches. He got a wingspan at 78 and a half. I mean, he's got small hands just like Joe Burrow. We got into that last year. I don't know if it affected Joe Burrow's performance for the Bengals. That's to be left, you know, out in the open. But, I mean, I feel like if you're going to go to the Senior Bowl, that's the, I think that's the only part of the Senior Bowl scouts cared to see for Devontae Smith. Oh, absolutely. They were What's the height and measurement? In. I mean, right. So, so Brandon, he was, uh, I think he was listed six foot one, 175 last year at Alabama. Is there any way if he would have weighed in this weekend that he would have been six foot one, 175? No, no, no. I mean, he's, this guy's got to be like five foot eight, like 145. <laughs> five foot eight. <laughs> it's like, Dude, could you imagine some of the scouts at the Senior Bowl if he stepped up there? It was five foot something. <laughs> Just, I mean, Alabama seems to have pretty accurate um, stats for the most part. Mac Jones only lost, I think it was like a quarter of an inch, and he weighed almost the exact same weight. So, right. and I think I think a lot. I think Najee Harris came in at the ex, uh, he was he measured at six one and seven eight. Brandon two thirty. He was listed at six two two thirty. So they did really really good. Yeah, on, on <laughs> measuring people in Alabama. So not only do they win natties, they they measure their players accurately. But like you said, Brandon, small school guys, man, this has to be priceless. I mean, there's player. I mean, Coastal Carolina has a player this year. Northern Iowa. I mean, Northern Iowa has multiple players, by the way. North Dakota State, Middle Tennessee, Wisconsin Whitewater has a player represented this week, Brandon. Is there <laughs> any way that film would have mattered unless this kid got an invite to the Senior Bowl? 
No, absolutely not. I mean, North Carolina Central, Central Arkansas. I can just keep going. List. I mean, even there's even a player from South Alabama who they're playing at South Alabama Stadium this weekend. They get they get players from South every year. They get at least one, which has been something they've done since South since South had a football team. You gotta love it. I mean, because. I don't think a South Alabama player would get the shine. And these players get to go up against the best of the best. Quinn uh, Manira is the kid from Wisconsin Whitewater. Brandon, he gets to go against some like Shaka Tony. He gets to, I mean, he gets to go against some of the best edge rushers, Patrick Jones, Rashad Weaver from Pitt. He gets to go against the best of the best. And if he performs, that draft stock is going to soar on top of the film. Because if you get invited to the senior bowl from this school, you had to be marking people. And, and what Absolutely. I don't even I, 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 do you even know what I guess like designation this school has? I have no idea. Wisconsin Whitewater might be a high school if I had to guess. <laughs> it might be a high school. <laughs> it's just a reme- it's just a remedial high school. It's a remedial oh, wow. junior college. Um, <laughs> but no, so I love it. And Brandon, there's been talks that they should move the Senior Bowl. They should that they should do away with it at some point too. And I think moving it regardless, I mean, we're both from Mobile. We've shared our opinions last year on this. I don't want to see it moved. Brandon doesn't either. It's in a nicer, I guess, safer area, if I could say, of Mobile now. I think it's going to change the whole dynamic because um, it's in a better place now. And so I think it's going to have more people show up. I think it's going to become more popular, but that doesn't really matter. But I don't think there should be any argument that this game should not be canceled. No, yeah. You're, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's it's despicable, man. I hate it. But yeah, this year, I would say it's the most important senior bowl, maybe of all time, Brandon. I mean, you got to come out here and show out. And so let's talk about what they can earn this week, man. There's already been two days of practices three days um but who are your players brandon just give me your first one and we'll go back and forth on this who is your first player with the most to gain this week so zach the way i chose my players with most to gain i think there's a couple of different categories here um Ooh, i think i like that i think first there's players that uh are either going to these small schools like the wisconsin whitewaters like you mentioned um, like the North Carolina Centrals. Like, I mean, just other small schools, they don't normally get this kind of shine. That, yeah, a scout, like one or two scouts may have like scoped out and seen this guy, but now he's going to be able to be seen by scouts from all 32 teams. Uh, so I think that's the first category. I think the second category are players who uh, maybe didn't have the best season this past year, players that do go to these bigger schools, but you know, maybe maybe their junior season was better than this year. Uh, something to that extent. And then my third and probably, in my opinion, the most important category has to be the players that opted out for this season. Uh, I think it's the players that didn't play a single snap or maybe only played the first few games of the season. And now they have to go out and show that they've stayed in shape. But they're still draft worthy. So with my first, so my first pick here, Zach is going to be, uh, I'm going to go with Jamie Newman actually. Uh, and I have a list, but, Jamie Newman is definitely a player that has a lot to gain here because I think after his opt-out from Georgia, where he would have seen a full SEC schedule after playing at Wake Forest, I think scouts are going to be intrigued. I think scouts are going to kind of see how he plays on this level. You know, Wake Forest, yeah, it's an ACC school, and yeah, he's played against some pretty good programs, but I, I would like to see how he's going to perform on this, on this scale 
And I think this is going to give the scouts a little bit of a better idea as to how he's going to perform in the NFL. Ooh, I like that pick a lot. Um, yeah, I, I think he has a lot to prove, man. I just like, I guess I kind of pick my players a little bit differently. I like seeing how we thought about this a little bit different. Like most of my players have a had a lot of hype at one point, Brandon, but fell short somewhere. So they so these are the players that are probably going to be like mid round picks for some teams, but could jump to that first round pick with a huge performance this week. And you know, I, I separated them by teams. So on the national team, I have two. American team, I have two. For my first pick on the national team, Brandon, I have Shaka Tony from Penn State, edge rusher, outside linebacker type player, and. He had a lot of hype at one point, but I feel like Penn State and their performance this year really hurt his draft stock. Because, Brandon, did we even cover a single Penn State game on the podcast this year? I think we – I think we did we cover Penn State at Indiana? Yeah, one game and they got smacked. And then that was it. Because they started 0-4, Brandon. And you look at his overall four-year career – he was never that game changer, Brandon. He was always really good, and people were like, okay, keep an eye on this guy. But it was never like Shaka Tony won them the game. He wasn't that like Nadama Kinsu game changer in college. He had 111 total tackles, 28 and a half for loss, 20 sacks. He's top 20 in Big Ten history in sacks, Brandon. was fourth in the country this year. And this year he was on his best, his the pace for his best statistical season of his career, and then COVID shortened it. I want to see Tony show scouts and GMs that he can utilize his size, speed, athleticism to be that go-to playmaker on the D-line for an NFL team. I want to see him do kind of like uh, Gross Matos did last year where he really improved his draft stop by showing he could be a game changer off the edge. Shaka Tony has always been on that precipice of that. But I want to see him take that next step. And I think going up against the high-level O-lineman that he'll face this weekend – could really elevate him in terms of a potential first-round draft pick there. Yeah, I like that pick a lot, Zach. Do you want to snake this, or do you want to go? Yeah, like, back let's 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 snake it. That that is that is straight. Uh, that that's the only way we could do this. Um, I got Tyler Wallace, Brandon, on the national team for my second pick. I know that sounds crazy. That sounds crazy to some people who have listened to this podcast because me and Brandon have dubbed this dude one of the best wide receivers in the country at one point. He, from was. Oklahoma, he was. He was Oklahoma State wide receiver. But this is why I picked him, Brandon. He is the perfect story of what could have been in college football. Yeah, yeah. His sophomore season, Brandon, 85-plus catches for over 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. The next two years, injuries and Spencer Sanders' god-awful performance really cost him less than 1,000 yards his junior and senior year and less than eight touchdowns his last two seasons. He opted out in the middle of a bowl game this year, Brandon. So that's <laughs> got that like at halftime, he undressed and told Mike Gundy he was opting out. Who was the um who was the player? He played for the Bills. Oh he yes. Half, he retired. I don't remember his name. Straight uh, up was like, we suck. I bet you he wishes he was on the Bills now. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that, that, that's a bad look now. But Brandon, I picked Tyler Wallace because he has the raw talent that has never been realized and that can finally be developed in the NFL, especially if he gets on a team with a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers, hint, hint, Green Bay Packers. This could be a late-round wide receiver you could target. Could you imagine Tyler Wallace and Devontae Adams? 
That would be deadly. Raw. That would be raw. And he was top four in Big 12 receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. Uh, he was second in the NCAA in 2018. He's top 10 in Big 12 history, Brandon, in that. He was top 10 in receptions in the conference all three years, even his bad years. And, Brandon, I know this is crazy because I, I think he's – I think him and Jamar Chase are one and two here. You can argue either way. These two guys may be the best one-on-one jump ball wide receivers in the draft. And I know Jamar Chase is really good at but you've seen the highlights, man. Tylen Wallace is no scrub and is right up there with Jamar Chase, I think, in terms of that specific skill. And I think you saw it because Spencer Sanders was never accurate, Brandon. How many have did you ever see a wide open Tylen Wallace catch? Uh no, not really. <laughs> he was always no, bodying somebody, bodying somebody, going up over somebody. That's why I think him and Jamar Chase are the two best one-on-one jump ball receivers. And I think when he shows that this week against Alabama DBs, Florida DBs, all these teams that get a lot of respect, Oregon DBs, he's going to be a steal of the draft. And Brandon, there's been some film already that Tyler Wallace is showing out down there. So I think he could jump up late first round if he really puts on his best performance. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that, Zach. Uh, I think that's a great pick. I mean, I think he does have a lot to prove. And, yes, this is a guy that is going to be drafted for, like, for sure. Um, it's just a question as to how high, and I think he could definitely improve his draft stock here. Um, I'll go ahead and move on to my next two. Uh, my first one, um, kind of on a different – well, I'll stick with the <laughs> same note as my first one. Um, I'm going to go with Kylan Hill from Mississippi State. Ooh, I like who that opted. Who opted out just a few uh, a few games into the season? You know, this was a guy that was Zach. I mean, last year, arguably the best running back in the in the SEC. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that I think that goes without saying. Um, so we know the kind of talent that this guy has. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Mike Leach comes to town, uh, takes over the system, and it's not really the same. You know, in, in that LSU game, he he had more receiving yards than he did he did rushing yards, like which yeah, that's crazy. You know, it's Kylan Hill. Yeah, he can do both, but I mean, he is deadly on the ground. And so I think that's part of the reason he opted out, you know, that and being part of a, of this Mississippi State team that wasn't, you know, great this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think I think this is going to be interesting. And I think that he has a ton to gain because I feel like in the eyes of scouts, he kind of dropped and draft stock like a ton. And I think after this, I think after this week and after this game on Saturday, um, scouts are going to have their eyes more open. They're going to be looking at this guy more seriously. I think he improves his draft stock like tremendously this week. I um, love that pick, and I, I want to cover something with him real quick. Do you know how lucky he was to be on the American team? <laughs> how lucky! This is the running. This is the running backs on the American team. Larry Roundtree. Missouri running back, Kylan Hill, Chris Evans, who was who was like a third string Michigan running back, and Elijah Mitchell from Louisiana Lafayette, who's really good and should get some carries. He is the top back on that team and should get a lot of carries. The running backs on the national team, Brandon, Ramondre Stevenson from Oklahoma. Pretty, pretty damn good. Demetriac Felton, UCLA, really good. How about Michael Carter from North Carolina? Extremely good. Add that to Najee Harris, arguably the best running back in the country. And then to type it off, Brandon, Khalil Herbert, the leading rusher, the third leading rusher from the ACC are all on the national team. 
If Colin yeah, Hill wild. was on the other team, he might not get a carry. That's fair enough. That's fair. The, the, <laughs> the, the, whoever's coaching the national team, which I think is the Dolphins, I don't know how they're going to divide running back carries up because you have five, probably arguably five of like the top ten running backs in the draft on that team. I don't know who split these teams up because that doesn't seem fair. I mean, if you added up all their – I mean, just look at Michael Carter and Najee Harris by themselves. That That is a dynamic <laughs> duo. And then you got Ramondre Stevenson who Brandon – for bowl season was arguably the best running back in the entire country for bowl season. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not wrong there, Zach, but one more thing is that it's going to be tough for the, uh, for the American team come the third quarter. So they usually like to switch these teams out. Like, like they have team, they have like the first team, second team, third team, fourth team. Uh, that third running back might not cut it for, for the American team in this one. You are lying. After Colin Hill and Elijah Mitchell, it's going to be real. They might as well just go ahead uh, and just go ahead and put uh, Kadarius Tony at running back. They have him. Why not use him? He's really fast. He's really athletic. He can play running back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you got a good point, Zach. Um, But, yeah, anyway, you know, continue on to my next pick. And this is one. I don't know if I'm biased or something, but I feel like this guy has a whole a lot bit. Of I already know. I already know who you're going with. Go ahead. It's it's Jabril Cox. I'm going with Jabril uh, Cox. That's not one. who I thought you were going with. Okay. Yeah, it's not, but yeah, <laughs> it's a good pick. And you want to know why? Because he came from that North Dakota State team that's winning yeah. all of these uh, all of these titles. You know, they're winning national championships. They're winning the playoffs in their in their division. And he goes to LSU. He he transfers to kind of prove himself. Uh, after just the great seasons he had, and I, I mean, uh, and I'm not trying to like bag on the guy right now, but this this LSU defense as a whole was lackluster this season, and he wasn't like a shining star on that defense. You know, right. it, it's not like it's not like he was the leader of this defense by any means. So I think I do think he's a really good running back or not running back, a linebacker, and I think that he uh, is going to be able to prove himself this week, and I, I think he already has. I think he's been performing pretty well at practices. Um, I think in the game, it, it's gonna it's gonna show you know how much talent he truly has. Yeah, this is another guy that's going to be drafted, you know, regardless of his performance here. But I feel like he can improve his draft stock a ton by showing out here in the Senior Bowl. I like that. I feel like you could have picked any of the LSU players, really and truly. I mean, Jacoby Stevens has a lot to prove. McMath has a lot to prove. I feel like any of them were going to be good candidates for this topic right here because. Like you said, I think they fall in the same place as Shaka Tony, where their team didn't perform well, so scouts might be having questions about them. Right. Um, and, you know, for my last two players here, uh, I have a player that was hurt by his system, Brandon, and I have another player that was also hurt by opt-outs and the team he played on. And I have another Tony here, Kadarius Tony. Florida wide receiver. All the American squad is one of my players here. And he only played one full season, Brandon, where he was fully yeah. healthy. Or that his offense wasn't straight anemic, where you had Felipe Franks trying to get you the ball. Right. It's a tough look. They never passed him, Brandon. His first three years, every year he had under 300 yards receiving, never had over one touchdown each year, and just seemed to be forgotten throughout the season. And then finally, 
Dan Mullen comes in and get a quarterback that can spread the ball around in Kyle Trask. He has 70 catches, almost 1,000 yards receiving, 10 touchdowns. It was top five in the SEC in catches, yards, and receiving touchdowns, and seventh in the instant of play in receptions. Um, he's, I think, Brandon, this is going to be a big statement, and to stick with me, and I think you'll probably back me up here. Tony is probably the most explosive player in Mobile this weekend in terms of just pure athleticism. Um, I mean, he's one of the most explosive in the country. Like, yeah, of exactly. course he is Mobile. Exactly. I, guys, if you don't believe me, if, if you look up on YouTube right now, I believe it's one of the top videos. It literally just says the human joystick, Kadarius Tony. Hey, he's he's going to be back home too. He's from <laughs> Yeah, so he's b- back here to make a name for himself. We saw well, Michael P. Ryan have a huge game. I think Tony's due for a huge game and – Listen, he's going to be an explosive piece to any passing scheme. Brandon, there's even a mock draft that has him going to Kansas City. Can you wow. imagine Miko Harmon, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and Kadarius Tony on top of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? That seems unfair. Uh, just go five wide and run four verts. <laughs> and just have one of them just kind of like run a little drag just in case. There's not a, de- there's not a defensive backfield that can stop them because Kadarius Tony's going to run – arguably four low four 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 three speed easily and you know who he kind of reminds me of brandon my pro comparison for him right now is tyler lockett for the seahawks i think he's he's got that type of athleticism i think he's he's even faster than lockett and has just as big of a ceiling if he gets on the right team he could explode at the next level he's just one of those players that was really really hurt by the scheme he played in and where he played. If he would have went to if he would have went to any pass heavy scheme when he first got into college, this guy probably would have been in the draft last year. And Florida right. didn't use him correctly until this year. And so I think he has a lot to prove here. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there, Zach. And then my guy, this this one probably has the most to prove out of anybody, Brandon, because I think he's that good. And that's Quincy Roche from Miami, edge rusher, transfer from Temple. He He's probably, I think, the most talented edge rusher in Mobile this week. He suffered a down season due to a transfer to Miami where they had a lot of defensive line opt-outs. And I, I think it really hurt him. I mean, he was the 2019 AAC Defensive Player of the Year, Brandon. And that year, he had 19 tackles for loss, 13 sacks, broke up five passes and forced a fumble. He was number one in the conference in tackles for losses sacks. Brandon, this guy is so accomplished. Top 20 in NCAA history in sacks and tackles for loss. In sacks, he's second in the AAC history books right now. That's how how productive he was in just two years in the AAC. He performed well this season, Brandon. It wasn't a complete down year, but he wasn't the edge threat sack machine he was at Temple. Only four and a half sacks. Still got 14 and a half tackles for loss, though, in a shortened season. I think Gregory Russo's opt-out hurt him. No offseason, no training camp for his new team really hurt him. Roche has to prove to the scouts and GMs that his fallout was not due to higher competition levels because I know there's that's a concern for some scouts right now. And he's going to be facing the best of the best. Alex Leatherwood's out there, Deontay Brown, some of those Notre Dame O linemen we talked about to start the season. 
he, he's going to have to prove himself this week. And I think if Roche has a breakout, which I think he can, he could have a Bradley, a nay type week down in mobile. And I think a lot of teams are going to be impressed with his athleticism. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that. Zach. Um, I think that's a great pick as well. And I'll go ahead with my last one. And it, it's kind of in the same token as, uh, as, as Jamie Newman in a way, not really, I guess it's a little bit different. I'm going to go with Nico Collins. Uh, opted out this season as well. That's really the reason he's here. Uh, I, I think that he had a lot to prove this 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 uh, upcoming season. Yeah, he opted out because he's going to be drafted, as well as all of my picks that I have so far. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that he could definitely. I think he definitely has a big upside, and I think that working with the uh, working with the quarterbacks. I can't remember which team he's on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, working with, with these quarterbacks that are of this caliber, I mean, I think that he's going to really show out. I like that. I like that. Um, so now we get to be a little sad, right, and we get to make everyone just a little bit depressed today. We got to talk about the players with the most to lose, ones that could possibly just completely tank their draft stock. We've seen it done time and time again. I'll start this one out so I'll put you on the spot. Let's just go with the obvious one. How about that? Let's start out here. Devontae Smith. Right. What in the literal, you know, what are you doing down in Mobile, Alabama? Zach, I'll say this. I understand that he has nothing to, like, he has nothing to gain here. So he technically has everything to lose. But I think he's this good that he really, truly doesn't have anything to lose, like, by coming. That's, you that's crazy to say. You don't think so? I think, I honestly think he's that good. Ah. <sighs> And the quarterbacks uh, he has working know. with him, he has Mac Jones, who he's who he's uh, already proven that he can he can work in a system with. He has Sam Ellinger, who, I mean, I mean, just what, what else do you want me to say? Uh, I'm sorry, not Sam Ellinger. He's on the other team. Um, he has Kellen Mond, who maybe, uh, and Jamie Newman. So, oh, and Kyle Trask. So he's just got like a like a boatload of really really good quarterbacks on the side so i mean in plus like alex leatherwood like this o-line that's just made of steel so i don't know if he has a whole lot to lose i so i don't know so i think he has a lot to lose especially now since he declined to be measured or weighed um yeah that's a bad look that makes me feel like he is not confident in what he it, it, and like what he's going to put out there and you know he's not going to play Brandon that's why I'm still wondering why he went down there because the only reason he would go down there is either to play which he can't because he's still got the broken finger or wrist or whatever it was that he got in the national championship so he's not even practicing Brandon who's not putting anything on film for anybody or putting himself in, in risk of injury so are you I'm assuming he's going down there for interviews, which I think he's going to ace because I love his personality, the quiet demeanor, the leadership that he's shown. The only other reason you would come down is to get Wade. That's it. That's that's the only reason you yeah. would come down. So if you were going to take all that time to come down here, plan to be in the game, even though you couldn't play, I would expect you to participate in everything you can. Yeah. See, I didn't and realize he wasn't playing. I guess I probably could have done some better journalism on this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his, was... his, 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 he still has a broken finger and, like, wrist from the 90s, so he's not going to play. Okay. So he's not even practicing. He's not even dressing out anything, bro. He's just down here just strictly for interviews. That's just it. hanging out. 
just hanging out in Mobile. Um, uh, better places to hang out if I had my personal opinion, but that's a that's a different podcast. It's not sports based. Um, I just Brandon, it raises such a red flag with me. We talked about this when um oh who was it last year? Someone declined. Someone declined to run a 40 or do something or throw at the combine. We were like, okay, you had a lot of question marks coming in. Why aren't you doing this? It raised a big – oh, Chase Young. Chase Young was the player who I said, okay, that raises a little bit of red flags for me. It turned out to be okay. He performed very well, rookie rookie of the year in the NFL. And I think Devonta Smith has that same potential. But if you're competing for to be the number one wide receiver in the country, if you're going to come down there, just go ahead and put it out there because he said he's going to get weighed at Bama's Pro Day. And it's going to be the same process. So, like, are you, I, I think it had to do with his weight, Brandon. Being injured, how much working out has he done? Is that weight really, really low? And I'm really worried about his weight. Because if he goes out there and weighs 155, 165, his draft stock is going – he, he's not going to be a top five pick. Jamar oh, Chase dude. is going number one if he weighs 165. Right. His agent – there's no way his agent let him get weighed, though, like that. That was, that was oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It, it might not. It, you know what? And that actually is a is a good thing. But he, this is what I think happened, Brandon. Really and truly, I'm glad you brought that up. I think he went down there expecting two way and get and get measured. That sounds like something Devonte Smith, his competitiveness, his attitude would get him to do. But I think his agent was like, dude, if you get on that scale, like you could you you can f yourself up. And so, do not get on that scale. That is a like command. And I don't think he did it. He probably right. went down there thinking he was going to do it and ended up not. And so I just raised as much of red flags. He's not playing. So I think he has the most to lose with that, especially. I mean, I think he's already lost some. There's people, I mean, every single draft article, winners and losers, they are ripping him to pieces for that. And so he's already losing some credibility that he built up in the season. You just won the Hosman, everything. Just stay out of the spotlight till the draft. That's all you got to do. Oh. I'll be honest with you, Zach. If I'm an NFL scout and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I am not. I wish I was. Um, I, I'm still taking him. You know, I mean, there's, there's, I understand that might hurt a little bit, but in, in these interviews with him, like you're going to see how big he is. It's not like he's hiding that from from these scouts, you know. And I understand it's probably a thing that was blown. I mean, obviously, these things can get blown out of proportion. Like that's just the kind of thing that the scene. Like that's what the media is for. We're going to sit here and blow everything out of proportion because we can and because what other storyline is there right now? I, I like that. But go ahead, man. Who is your who is your first player with the most to lose down here in Mobile this week? Let's stick with the same team, Zach. I'm going with Mac Jones. Um, mm. I don't I, – dude, I don't know. I'm going to stick on my train here. And, and I think that he benefited from having the best offensive line in the country and the best receiving core in the country. I mean, that that's as simple as it goes. Yes, he's a good quarterback. Yes, he's going to be drafted. But I think that the senior bowl is going to, especially without Devontae Smith playing, you know, because if he was playing at the same time as Devontae Smith, I mean, game plan right there, you know. Like, just, just toss it up. He's going to go grab it. But he's not, you know. And that's not to say he's not playing with a lot of good wide receivers. I mean, he still has Amari Rodgers on that team. Uh, Kadarius Toney still has – a little bit more slept on receivers that I'm going to bring up later or a receiver I'm going to bring up later. Um, Look at his O-line yeah. too. I mean, Trey Smith, Drake Jackson out of Kentucky, Ben Cleveland out of Georgia, Alex Leatherwood and Deontay Brown's on there too. Yeah. And yeah, that's great. You know, every single year there's, there's a really, there's a really great O-lines in the senior bowl. Um, 
and they really show out in the senior bowl, especially, you know, that's, that's kind of one of the big things for O-linemen, but you also have to remember there's, there's just as good defensive linemen. There's just as good edge rushers, linebackers, uh, cornerbacks, DBs. I mean, like everyone's good on this field. So I don't know. In my opinion, I think Mac Jones kind of, I think this person's draft stock. Um, I think that he's not going to perform quite as well as he did during the season. And that might push him from uh, like a second round pick to maybe a third or fourth round pick. I don't know. Um, you know I'm, but I'm, every single mock out right now has him going 15 to the Patriots. See, that's crazy. Like that, that shouldn't, that should not be the case. Yeah, because they have them, I think, the fourth QB going off because it's Lawrence, Zach Wilson, two, Trevor, uh, Justin Fields, third, Trey Lance, and then Hill. I don't know. I don't I don't see him being a first-round pick. Uh, <laughs> that's just me. I don't I don't think Belichick goes with Mac Jones. I don't know. Well, maybe, his I, maybe, friend, I, I, his, maybe I'm he's, dra- he's drafted an Alabama player, I think, every year but two. I thought Stidham was the guy in New England, dude. No, he's trash. He's garbage. He's a bum. They had, two, they, they, had, they had two Auburn quarterbacks this season, and they're both awful. Yeah, that, that is a fact. But, hey, John Jones holding it down on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but, you know, Mac Jones was one of my two, Brandon. So I'll just uh, kind of keep going with yours. I mean, I agree. He is. He has a lot to lose because it, the thing with him is, like, what does he have to gain? Yeah, that's true. I mean – how do you how do you raise your stock anymore? Because I feel like Trevor Lawrence locked in his spot as number one. Justin Fields locked in at two, locked in at two or three. Zach Wilson locked up ahead of him. Are you really going to come down here and fight to be ahead of Trey Lance? Right, right. Like I don't get what he's trying to prove here. Like I mean, I guess you got to answer the critics somewhat. Of hey, you can only play with Devontae Smith. Hey, you're a system quarterback. But the Senior Bowl is so tricky for quarterbacks, man, because you got to learn a whole new playbook. you got to play with guys you've never played with all in a span of a week. Right. That it, There's no position on the field other than maybe like long snapper and holder or something like that, which is like an underrated like transition. But there's no harder thing to do than be a quarterback at the Senior Bowl, playing with people you don't know, being taken out every other drive, not – getting all the first team reps. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong and it's just, it's more, it's more, I, I don't know if he was going to perform well or not. I, I'm kind of iffy, but the thing is why risk it? Like why push all your chips in the table? If you're not counting the cards. Yeah. Uh, you got a good point there. Zach. So, but go ahead, man. I, I just want to piggyback off of you. So who is your second player with the most to lose? I'll be honest with you. I know I messed with you about it, but Devontae Smith is on my list also. I'm not going to talk about him. I just wanted to mention that. Um, it's tough. And honestly, besides that, I think I only have one more. And this is kind of like a borderline. Like, I don't know if he has a lot to lose or not, truthfully. Uh, I'm going to go with Ian Book. You know, this isn't really his game to shine in, is it? I don't think that they're going to be calling game, a game plan for a mobile quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I called him. He, he gets it done with his legs. He can get it done through the air but that's just not historically what he is. I mean, he's a quarterback who's, like like I said, he's very mobile. He's going to get it done on his legs, on his feet, um, and then he's going to dump it off to a tight end. I mean, that's just – I don't – I honestly don't know if Ian Book gets drafted, and if he does, it's late. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't really see him gaining a lot of ground here, especially since they're going to be trying to force the pass uh, with him in the game. 
I like that. I, yeah, I didn't pick him because I, I just don't feel, I feel like he's just kind of locked in. I don't think, I don't see him shining in an environment like this. I mean, you played right. behind the best offensive line in, in the country statistically. And, but I mean, I guess the only way he could benefit is the weapons he has. But as you've already, I guess, kind of covered, uh, I, I don't know how, how good is the national team's weapons. I, I don't love their wide receivers. Devontae Smith isn't playing. Say Surratt opted out. Frank Darby's nice. Nico Collins is Tylen Wallace going to be motivated? I I just don't know how much playing time Tylen Wallace is really going to get. So I'm interested to see and how much playing time is he going to get at quarterback? Because Sam Ellinger is going to get a lot of playing time. I'm just going to throw that out there. I would bet money Sam Ellinger has the most snaps of any quarterback here. Oh, no doubt, especially on this team. I feel like they I feel like they felt bad about putting all the running backs on on the. Uh on the uh, American team. So they had to give the national team some uh, quarterbacks. <laughs> and listen, if there's ever a quarterback to shine in the senior bowl, Sam Mellinger's your boy. This is, this is Taylor made for him, but that's not my player with most to lose. I have Marvin Wilson, Brandon, Florida state defensive line. I know, you know, this guy was a potential top 10 pick coming into the season. Brandon, he had a fallout with, the new head coach of Florida State, and there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of questions about him in terms of athleticism, movement. This is a guy who has not played more than more than like double digit games except for his sophomore year, Brandon, at Florida State. Wow. In four years, and this year he only played six games. He only had 17 tackles, two for loss, and one sack. That's it. That was the performance he gave us a senior breakout year. He has he his first career has only had nine and a half sacks, fifteen for loss, over a hundred tackles though, which is pretty impressive. But there's durability issues. There's there's character issues for some people. There's there's motor issues, all kind of stuff. Athleticism, speed. He, there's so many questions about Marvin Wilson that he should have just taken his grade because coming down here exposes a lot of people. And I think he could be someone that loses a lot. So this, this player has a lot to lose. See a potential first round pick. This is a player I think is going to come out of here, Brandon, and his draft stock is going to fall to like a third or fourth round grade. Yeah, I really do. And this, this Marvin Wilson was one of my breakout players in the ACC this year for preseason. He did not perform. A lot of scouts love his, his size, his physicality, but I, there's a lot of questions now. And one-on-ones, Brandon, Drake Jackson's for Kentucky was eating him alive. Right. And there's there was a lot of questions coming out of today from all the stuff that we got from the senior bowl practices. He was not very fast through cone drills or dummy drills. He wasn't super physical. The only positive was his motor. He tried and tried and never gave up, but he wasn't ever dominant. And if you're going to draft a defensive tackle first round, that dude has to be a game changer. You look at Javon Kinlaw, you look at Derek Brown, you look at Nadama Kasu. He got to make plays. Marvin Wilson, to me, does not look like an NFL caliber defensive tackle. So I think he is going to be one of the people that loses a lot this weekend in Mobile. Yeah, I can definitely see that, Zach. Uh, this next segment is going to be my favorite, man. I love talking sleepers and giving you guys some people that y'all would have never paid attention to a, a chance to really shine. Brandon, kick us off, man. Your first sleeper of the senior bowl, a player that no one is going to pay attention to, but should. People are going to pay attention to my first sleeper, but that's not why he's my sleeper. Um, you mentioned him already, Zach. I've got Demetric Felton on here, and yeah, he is a he is a stud when it comes to being a running Monster. back, right? 
monster. He's been doing. He has been doing reps at wide receiver this week, Zach. And he's been balling, so, balling. Oh my god! Have you seen the clips? Yes, I mean, he is bullying DBs left and right. Okay, I was hoping you saw that. Yeah, so that's why he's a sleeper. Yes, everyone's watching him because he is one, he's probably one of the best running backs coming out of this draft. Um, so, yeah, he'll probably be drafted high just because of that. But watch out for what he can do at the wide receiver position. I mean, I think that's like a real selling point to NFL teams right now, especially, and I know I bring this up, on a lot of episodes, especially with the way the NFL is treating their running backs right now. I mean, you see Alvin Kamara go out into the slot all the time. So, yeah, he's one of those dual-purpose guys. I think Demetrius Felton is going to show out this weekend. I think he's going to take reps at wide receiver during the game. Um, so, watch out for so, that. Uh, do you want me to tell you a little insider thing? I don't know if you saw it on Jim Nagy's Twitter. For, um, they, they've been tracking wide receiver and running back speeds all week. Demetri Felton has been clocked running the fastest speed of anybody at Inmobile this weekend. Uh, that's that's crazy now, when when Kadarius Tony's out there. Um, the top three have been Demetri Felton at nineteen point seven eight miles per hour on the field. This is in like seven on seven drills. Kadarius Tony in some places. Yeah, exactly. In a school zone, bro, he would get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> um Kadarius Tony was second Brandon at 19.4 and this shows you how fast these two guys are the next closest was Frank Darby out of Arizona State wide receiver down at 18 these dudes are running yeah. blazing speed so that's how explosive Felton is is that he's out running Kadarius Tony in live speed drills that's wild that 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 is crazy actually but yeah that's <laughs> so he he he's my main sleeper just because he's switching up his position a little bit here. You, you got to love to see it though, that, that he's already, you know, showing that he's willing to try other positions and, 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 and so on. I, I'd love to see that is when players aren't stubborn and like, I would never play that position. Like, why not just give it a trial? Like what, what is the and point not, of that? And the craziest thing about him to me, Zach, is that he's not like one of these normal utility players. It's like, Oh yeah. Well, he's pretty good at both of these positions. This guy is really good at both of these positions. So uh, he's, he, you seriously need to want, keep an eye out for him and watch what he does on the field Saturday. Yeah, he's completely underrated to me. I mean, uh, we watch a lot of football, watch a lot of film and stuff. That kid pops off the screen every time. And, you know, my first sleeper, this isn't going to come to a surprise to anyone who listens. It's not going to come as a surprise to Brandon. Everyone knows I'll, I'll I love defense. I try to keep it defensive-minded here. I have three defensive players as my sleepers on this list. I'm starting with Thomas Graham Jr., Brandon. Um, DB, Oregon. He opted out this year after the Pac-12 initially canceled its season and was arguably right behind Javon Holland, one of the biggest players to opt out. Before he opted out, Brandon, coming into the season, he was leading the country in terms of players playing and pass breakups with 32 for his first three years. He was seventh among active players with eight interceptions coming into the season, and he's top five in Pac-12 history in most pass breakups. He was first in the country in 18, fourth last year. And, Brandon, before he opted out this year, he started from the second he walked onto Oregon's campus, started 39 consecutive games from his freshman to junior season. Well, that's just crazy. Just insane for a DB. 
Brandon, he's NFL ready. He should be a potential first round talent that he gets overlooked due to his, due to his size. He has some tackling issues because he's very he's not very big. He doesn't weigh that much. He's only about 175, 185, but he's almost six foot. I think he's going to be a steal of the draft. He he has so much athleticism, Brandon. He's like Anton Whitfield Jr., where he can play any position in the secondary. And that's why I'm so high on a lot of these Oregon DBs, Brandon. They play everything. They play outside. They play man-to-man. They play zone. They play safety. They play slot corner. Everything, every DB coming out of Oregon right now can do everything in the secondary. And right. he, he reminds me of Kyle Fuller for the Chicago Bears, for everyone who watches a lot of NFL. He's not, not going to dominate you with his size, but he's athletic. He can play, and he's a playmaker. And so I think he's going to be a multi-year starter in the NFL. And if, you're, if you like watching secondary talent, Thomas Graham Jr. on the national squad is someone you need to watch out for this week. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I don't know who do I want to go with next. I, you know, we'll we'll, we'll stick um, with the secondary. I got Ayafatu Melifanu from Syracuse, Brandon DB from Syracuse. We talked about Syracuse and one of the best secondaries in the country. I just want to congratulate myself on actually pronouncing his name. Um, I, I like that. I'll, I'll bow for everybody. But Melifanu's size, speed, and athleticism, Brandon, is going to make him a dark horse first-round candidate. Brandon, this kid is 6'3". Wow. I mean, he, and his brother already plays in the NFL. And, I mean, this kid is 6'3", 215, Brandon. I mean, that's insane. That's, that is huge for a cornerback. That's, that's a safety height, but he plays cornerback. And his brothers in the NFL, like I said, which gives him family ties. He didn't get a lot of exposure at Syracuse, Brandon. And he's going to get a chance to play against a stiffer competition and in front of a lot more people than he usually would playing at Syracuse. And I think he's going to show off this week in Mobile. This year was his most productive year. He had over 50 tackles, three tackles for loss, a sack, an INT, and six pass breakups. Brandon, all season, he allowed less than 300 yards passing, only two touchdowns, and only 33 catches all season long. And for a Syracuse defensive back to do that, that shows you how bad the rest of that team was because they got a lot of points scored on them. And for his whole career, Brandon, only four touchdowns allowed for his whole career. That, that's, that is stout in three years of playing football. I think he's going to be an interesting prospect with tons of upsides and upside and I think he projects well at almost any defensive scheme due to his athleticism and size right right yeah man I I think I think both of those guys are excellent choices here for sleepers uh, sleepers Um, I've only got one more actually and I feel like I kind of slacked here but um, (laughs) I I think he's a pretty good one he's been another guy who's just been balling this week um and he's a guy that I don't I don't think he's not really like a household name. I mean, he's not like no one's ever heard of him. He's not like that, but uh, he's definitely someone to watch out for. Um, I'm gonna go with Shy Smith coming out of South Carolina. I like uh, that. Wide receiver and Zach, have you seen him play this dude, week? Listen, I was about to say, I don't know if y'all have seen the highlights. This dude is wanted for murder in Mobile right now because he is catching <laughs> bodies out. out yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't know what the field's called at South. I almost said Lad, but that's not it's Hancock. what it's called. Hancock it's Hancock. Whitney. Han- Hancock Whitney should be ashamed of itself for letting a murderer out there doing that. Man, he is catching bodies <laughs> left and right. Every clip from Pro Football Focus College is Shaw Smith catching another body. 
That's what I'm talking. Did you see? I, it was just a ridiculous catch. And I feel like you know the catch I'm talking about. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like, it's, and he caught it with both hands. Like it looked like a, it looked like something you would catch with like the, your fingertips. This man had both. He must have the longest arms in the world because this ball was not in reach. But Listen, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna find the video and tweet it on my Twitter account. So you guys got to go check out my Twitter account and find that catch because I'm just gonna start tweeting out Shaw Smith catches because nice <laughs> this dude, this dude is balling out there. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, this is a guy that. Going into this week, did you think Shai Smith was going to have a crazy week at the Senior Bowl? Or did you think he was going to have a great game? Oh, no, I mean, a- I don't think so, but I don't know, Brett. Like, the thing about South Carolina, they always put out good wide receivers. It's It doesn't make any sense. My only thing about that is that this draft is so wide receiver heavy that I feel like he's coming he's coming onto the scene right now, and he might, and he honestly could have been a player with the most. As a matter of fact, I had him on my list of players who had the most of the game at first, and I, I moved him over to sleepers because it's Shai Smith. And so, um, yeah, I feel like this guy has a lot to gain. You know, I don't know if he was on the draft board for anybody uh, coming into this week, but he's definitely going to be after this week of practice that he's had, and potentially after the game he's going to have on Saturday. Yeah, he's he's gonna ball out for sure. And you know, my last person, I talked about it. And if you listen to Couch Coach Live, and I was on there the other day, I talked about this kid a lot. Tony Fields the second, West Virginia linebacker. He got invited down here. Thank God, I'm so happy for this kid. I pick, I, I picked him right here because I think his transfer from Arizona to West Virginia was one of the most underrated of the season. I think he's gonna be the probably one of the best linebackers down in Mobile that average fans won't know i mean until i mentioned his name i'm sure a lot of y'all were like i don't know who tony fields is i never heard of him 88 total tackles this season brandon four tackles for loss a sack two pass breakups an int he in only nine games so this would have been his second career 100 tackle season in a normal season he won defensive newcomer of the year this year and was first team all big 12 led the conference in assisted tackles and was third in total they're, Brandon, how many times did we talk about West Virginia's defense and just how out of nowhere it came? It was number one in the conference and top ten in the country for like eight weeks this year. Right. right. And Fields yeah. was one of those people to take it to that next level. Brandon, he's so fast. He's physical. He's disciplined. It paid off as he improved his draft stock all year. I, he's got invited to the virtual combine this year, too, so I'm excited to see that. But I think Fields is really going to pop all screens this weekend. And if you're watching the game on TV, Tony Fields is someone you're going to have to look for. Look for the West Virginia helmet because Tony Fields is going to be making plays left and right. Okay. <laughs> I, I like this kid a lot. I don't know why I'm really, really high on this kid. I mean, I think he's a top five linebacker in the draft and no one's talking about him. Uh, I really yeah. do. This is this is one of those guys. This I'm, I'm as high on him as you were Anthony Gordon last year. I still think. I mean, if he wasn't on the Chiefs, then I, I still think he's underrated. <laughs> Listen, he's I'm so pissed underrated. the Chiefs put Chad Henney in over Anthony Gordon. Give our boy That's a what shot. I'm saying. Give our boy a shot. But it's time, Brandon. Last segment here: MVP and game predictions. What do you have going on in Mobile this Saturday? I think it's 3 p.m. This is such a tough one to call, Zach, but I'm going to have to go with the national team winning this one. Um, I think they're a little bit just, at least on the offensive side of the ball, that I mean, they are loaded, right? I mean, they have Najee Harris. They yeah. have Michael Carter. 
Demetric Felton, who might play wide receiver. Uh, they have Sam <laughs> Ellinger. So they have Sam Ellinger, who's going to probably play most of this game. Uh, Felipe Franks, who isn't as bad as we thought he was when he played for Florida. Uh, Ian Book, who maybe he'll get some he'll get some good calls thrown his way. Um, and that's not to mention, I mean, I mean this this offensive line, uh, just just star stud. I mean, I'm not star studded. I mean, they they do have the, <laughs> uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> they do have the Wisconsin Whitewater guy. They have Aaron Banks on, on this O line. Uh, they have James Hudson. I mean, they they have some good offensive linemen out here. Um, and in my MVP for this team, I'm going to do one for each team. I don't I don't know if you said that, but uh, I'm going to go with Sam Ellinger. It has to be. It has to be Sam Ellinger in in, in this uh, for this team anyway. I like that. Um, I'm also going national. But, you know, I feel like it's unfair to the other team. So, I'm going to say I, my prediction is national. They For the winning team, they give a defense uh, – they give, like, an offense and defensive MVP. I'm going with Sam Ellinger here, Brandon. Like you said, I think he's going to play most of the game. And this game is tailor-made for a quarterback like Sam Ellinger to perform well. I think he's going to show out. I think he'll improve his, improve his draft stock a little bit. But I don't think it's going to – I mean, we saw Anthony Gordon dominate last year and – he didn't really didn't really help him that much. I think that Sam Ellinger's in the same boat. And for defense, Brandon, I'm going with Rashad Weaver from Pitt. We saw Bradley and Nate eat up last year. I think Rashad Weaver's gonna have that type of game and get him a, at least two sacks this weekend. I think he's gonna have that type of that type of performance. Um for the American, I I think if if they win and they have an MVP, I think it's Jamie Newman on offense. Okay. I think He's going to be the main quarterback in terms of playing time and making plays downfield. I think he has the talent to do it, Brandon. I think Jamie Newman is one of the most underrated quarterbacks on the roster. Um, Wyatt Hubert, it was my defensive pick. Defensive end for Kansas State, led the Big 12 in sacks um, two years ago, and he's been a beast on the defensive line. He struggled with some injuries this year. I think Hubert could have a breakout game, just kind of like Bradley and they did last year. But I'm going national. Sam Ellinger takes some MVP. I think that's. I think that's really the only lo- logical pick here, Brandon. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take a little bit of a different route here, and I'm only gonna give one MVP. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna give both. Uh, who cares about defense? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give my MVP. It, you know, for for the uh, what is this? Is this the American team? I'm gonna give it to Guterres Tony. Um, I think he really shows out in this game. And honestly, I, I mean, I I know the Senior Bowl. I know they're a little bit gimmicky, and I know they like to give these awards to the guys that are from Mobile. So uh, I, realistically, I think that and, and you know, that's not to like it's not a knock on Kadarius Tony. I think he's a very talented player, and he very well might deserve. Uh, this award, but uh, I, I could definitely foresee him winning this award on Saturday. I love that pick. But guys, the Senior Bowl preview concludes here. But listen, we, we're covering this virtually. We're going to post some stuff for the Senior Bowl Saturday. Follow both of us on Twitter for a live coverage of the Senior Bowl, man. We are both so excited for this. Hopefully next year, COVID will be wrapped up. We can get down to Mobile and do some in-person coverage, in-person interviews, practice interviews, all that like we did last year. But for because of COVID, we, we got to do this virtually. But you know where to follow us. 
Instagram at the underscore blue bloods, Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods, Facebook at the blue bloods pod. You can follow Brandon at beat up from the hub, me at Zach McKinnell. You can find that on the blue bloods uh, Twitter account, the blue bloods pod.com um, website, the blue bloods or the blue blood CFB podcast on YouTube. Go ahead, like, rate, subscribe, listen to the podcast, wherever you want to listen, man. We appreciate all y'all support, but we will be back on Monday, Senior Bowl recap. We're going to be breaking down all the players who improved their stock, dropped their stock, breaking down the game, all that good stuff. But for right now, we out.